This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. So excited uh, about our next guest. He's an old pal of mine, known well to you as well, Alex Steele. Talk about George Pine, founder and CEO of Bruin Sports Capital, joining us on the phone from Connecticut. And what a week, what a time to be talking about sports and business. First of all, GP, how are you? Doing great, Jason. Uh, thanks for having me, Alex. Good to good to connect. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's really nice to hear your voice. So, what a, a time that we're living in when it comes to sports, as I said, and especially good to talk to you after last week, where I feel like we have thrown around the word unprecedented a lot in these pandemic times. But I've never seen anything like last week. I don't think you have either. When it comes to sports, just stopping. What did you make of it? Well, you know, I think it's positive. I think you have players and people that really want to see positive change, uh, better things for the country, and believe strongly in social justice. And I think people, you know, stood up for what they believed in. So I think fundamentally it's a really good thing. It's kind of refreshing. And, you know, you've seen in the case of these athletes really taking a stand on something they believe is a real moral issue. Um, they don't have to. That's their, that's not their responsibility. But they, as, as citizens, really standing up for something they really believe in. So I, I think it's fundamentally a good thing. Um, well, why hasn't something like this happened before? Well, I think it's an evolution. Uh, I think it's an evolution. I think also to watching what's happened, you know, uh, on on TV through social media, it's just so disturbing that I think it's brought a real uh, more emphasis to an issue that we all know it's been there a long time, but. It's just to watch it is visceral for so many people. So I think, I think it's a good thing. And of course, you've had, if you think back, I mean, I think these moments also make you think about people like Bill Russell or mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali or Jesse Owens or Jackie Robinson, and just the things that they did and the challenges they must have faced. Just really makes you appreciate them, I think, a little bit more today as well. So I, I guess sports has always been a platform for ch- some change, but I think now you're seeing uh, it being used in a more universal way and I think a very constructive way. Well, and it's interesting, George, to think about how sports are being played right now. And I, I was speaking with somebody earlier in the sports world today, and, and they were saying that the the power is in part owing to the concentration of athletes and the focus to some extent, I mean, this notion that just taking the NBA for a second, that all of these players, all of these teams, you know, the majority, not every team and not every player, but the majority were in one place and able to get together in one room and and make decisions. So the moment in, in some ways has met them and all of this is sort of coming together, this nexus of the of the pandemic, as well as facing down structural racism, some of it in, a, in an almost perverse way has been made possible by the pandemic. Well, by the fact that the, the, the players were together, it probably did make it that much easier for them to act. I think the other kind of inspiring moment in all this is all the other sports that, that joined in that weren't, right. that weren't uh, in one location. And, and, you know, almost universally, professional sports and college sports, you know, together and made a statement. So I think, you know, it's inspiring. I think it's a good thing. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, better things will come. I mean, sports is not the panacea to solve all problems, 
but it is a platform and uh and people can make a, a positive uh, contribution to hopefully uh, moving things forward in a constructive fashion um broadening it out a little bit just to talk about playing sports um what kind of sports are we going to keep playing? Like, are we going to get used to, oh, a b- bunch of these players got got tested and therefore we're going to stop games for about a week and then we'll pick it back up? Like, is that going to be the new normal for sports now too? Well, I think so. I mean, as long as you're living in the pandemic, you know, anything's possible. I think when you look at it on balance, it's been amazingly done well. I mean, the NHL has had zero positive tests, hasn't canceled a contest. I mean, NBA hasn't canceled a contest and has had very few positive tests. Um, you know, NASCAR has gone off well. PGA Tour, you know, the National Women's Soccer League did really well and had a really good TV rating. You know, the only sport that's had a real, real, real challenge has been baseball, where they, they don't haven't played in the bubble. But even there, they've played the most games. They've had to cancel, you know, 35 or 40 games. But still, I think have executed it safely and, and done really well. And you know, the other other area that doesn't get a lot of coverage, you know, there's about 75 college football teams that have gone through a preseason, and prior to that, trained for eight or nine weeks, and have done that, you know, pretty safely. And that's consistent with what we're seeing around the world. People are playing rugby, they're playing soccer. And it's being played uh, safely, and so you know, so far, so good. But in, the, in this world, in this day and age, you know, I, I suppose anything's possible. Right. Well, and economics have driven some of that, whether we like it or not, George. And this is something you and I caught up on earlier this summer, right as we were getting into it. And and you were giving me some statistics then about the economic impact taking college football specifically that those teams and those programs have on their local market. So part of this is an economic recovery story as much as people wanting sports to come back because they like them. Yeah, well, it's a, it, I think it's going to be devastating uh, what happens here. I mean, I, you take Tuscaloosa, Alabama, whether Alabama plays or not this year, the economic impact for one game is about $20 million a game. Six Incredible. games is $120 million and Wow. But you put that out to Madison, Wisconsin, Columbus, Ohio, Knoxville, Tennessee, Athens, Georgia. And, you know, communities are really, depending on these games take place, they're not going to, if they take place, there's not going to be anywhere near the fans. And not to mention, you know, the game day revenue, uh, you know, includes people that sell tickets, security, people that provide concessions, service industries. All those industries are getting people losing jobs. They're being furloughed. And, uh, you know, it's really going to be very quite challenging. And, and, and it's going to be challenging not just this year right. in 2020. I mean, best I can tell, I think about it every day. I think the first half of next year for anything live events is going to be very difficult. And I think all of a sudden when you say, let's go back to live events, I don't think everyone's running back. So right. 2021 is going to be very challenged, and probably 2022, and you hope that 2023 you come out of it. Also, at a time when your revenues are going down, remember, sweet sales, sponsorship, yeah. hospitality, ticketing, consumer products, when those are all going down, your costs to run these events are going to go up because right. you have to create a safer environment. So. George, you know, one of the interesting things since you and I last talked is sports are back and they're being played in a very different way, as we were discussing at the top of the conversation. But people are watching it. I think many people agree, especially when it comes to the NBA. It's a pretty good product. What have we learned about consumption and media and how does that become investable for someone like you? 
Well, I think the, what you're learning is that, you know, boy, it's a strong television product. I mean, you know, going into the pandemic, sports was 88 or 89 of the top 100 programs on television. And, you know, that hasn't changed here. And, and, and on top of it, I mean, you have sports on top of sports on top of sports, and they're all, their ratings are up. So they're getting strong ratings. So I think, you know, long term, it's a great sector. And for us, the things that we see that, you know, we have a number, we operate in uh, 30 countries. And, you know, what we're seeing is that streaming, data, uh, design, things around digital are really accelerating and, and doing well. So, you know, and that's not surprising. And, I, you know, again, I think even the live event space, while I mentioned it's going to be very difficult, I think there'll be reinvention opportunities. You know, one interesting thing, I think, is what Ted Leonsis is doing in D.C. I think, mm-hmm. you know, gambling and arenas are going to be places where you're going to go with your friends to place bets and probably gamble on games, not just one game, but a number of games. I mean, say Yankee Stadium, you'll go take your buddies and go to watch a game. I'm going to place bets maybe when the game's not playing and maybe even when there's not a baseball season. So mm-hmm. I think... I think you're going to see uh, growth in all, all of those areas in, in the future. But the next couple of years are going to be a little choppy in terms of just financially. There's going to be a lot of pressure on, on teams and leagues and federations and, and the companies around them. So there's sort of two parts to that. And one is like the ancillary businesses that exist now that are going to be struggling versus the new ancillary businesses that are up and coming. Um, talk to me about the former and what kind of opportunities you see there. Well, you know, for for us, we, we've uh, we've invested in data. So we're looking at data analytics. I think the way sponsorships going to change, um, streaming and technology are areas. And, and one of the companies we have a, a design company. Where I was like, why is design doing so well? But in the digital world, design is more important. So I think all things digital, all things gaming. I think those are really going to be strong, irrespective of of the pandemic, and are really unaffected by the pandemic. And then, like you said, Alex there'll be new companies coming along that will be able to take advantage of the live events or uh, established companies that are, as part of their return, are going to have to adjust uh, to new opportunities in the world. So, George, talk to us about the racing world, because it's one you're very familiar with, having uh, helped run NASCAR, and you have gotten involved uh, on a founding level with the superstar racing experience that's going to launch uh, next year i believe but you just announced it uh in the last couple months in the last month or so uh tell us what that is and and what the idea underneath it is well I have the, the we are launching next summer on national tv on cbs on the major network uh, prime times in the summertime uh, we're doing a partnership with uh, Tony Stewart, who's a Hall of Fame race car driver, and Ray Abraham, who's a Hall of Fame crew chief and really the smartest guy when it comes to cars I've ever met. He was Jeff Gordon's crew chief when he won all the championships, and uh, another gentleman, Sandy Montag, who's a partner of mine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what we're trying to do is bring racing back to where the fans are, kind of in the heartland. So we're going to short tracks, 20,000, 30,000 seats. Uh, we'll sell them out and going to have a new form of racing, meaning we're, we're con- we're bringing the cars so there are no car owners. It's going to be close. It's going to be on the driver. And it's going to be uh, with recognizable guys, champions that have won championships before competing. So it'll be kind of fun. It'll be new and innovative. It'll be short, be an hour racing, an hour and 15 minutes, uh, close, competitive uh, with people you recognize on national TV. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's been well received by the racing fans who want to watch races on the driver skill and not technology. 
and again, we're bringing it, you know, really to the C and D counties, you know, where the fans are. So you know, we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's fun for me, you know, to go back and work with uh, Ray Abraham and Tony Stewart, who I cut my teeth with over over 20 years ago. And in terms of then how you, so is it just live? Like, is it streaming? Like, what's the relationship between giving those events to the fans versus the streaming capabilities? Well, you, well, you can do, you know, with this, you can do so much. So this will be live on, on CBS. We'll also stream it outside the U.S. on Facebook. But also there's so many stories you can tell um, digitally uh, through just, you know, non-live content, building a car, talking to old race car drivers. But you can do that really in any sport. So I think, you know, the future of the world there is going to be, you know, streaming, people consuming content on other devices and also different short-form uh, content in addition to the live games. Yeah, it's so interesting to to think about that. I feel like we've learned so much about content in this pandemic. And uh, Alex, you and I joke about like we'll go down a rabbit hole, you know, mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. learning about something. And there's so much out there uh, that people want to get smarter. It's about. like the the Olympic packages when they're yes. like, "Let me tell you about yes. this artist, this <laughs> yeah, exactly. athlete that then make, makes you want to cry." Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, great to catch up with George Pine, founder and CEO of Bruin Sports Capital, joining us on the phone from Connecticut. 